sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show, and it is a best of the Steve Jones Show all this week. Matt Catrillo here with you. And Steve, always in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, lots of pre-owned inventory. A great service department that is there for you to get the job done on your current vehicle with the diagnostics, with the inspections, with the simple things like an oil change. And plus a sales staff that's there for you the right price, and for your future, for your new car, all part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And every Monday show, brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, this time of the year, RV, boat, Lake Augusta, hopefully will be opening in a couple of weeks at the beginning of next month. And they'll be there to help get you set up for all that. And it's all at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury or go to purdyinsurance.com. And, of course, we have the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament coming up to benefit the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA on Wednesday, August 10th. So it is a best of the Steve Jones Show all week. And, Each day as we go throughout the week, we'll have different themes. So today's theme is kind of recapping all that has gone on in the seismic moves in college football, in particular with the Big Ten getting USC and UCLA. So we'll recap that as far as today's show. Tomorrow we'll have a Philly Sports Day, and along with a little bit of horse racing, recapping a historic Kentucky Derby when Rich Strike won Then Wednesday, we'll get a little Pittsburgh in, and as well as some Penn State alumni. Then Thursday and Friday, we are going to be looking back on our 10th anniversary celebration that we had a couple of months ago, and that was certainly a lot of fun. We had a lot of mystery guests call in and surprise Steve to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the show, so we'll look back on that Thursday and Friday. But today... It's all about what's happening in college football, in particular the Big Ten, with all the different changes going on with teams making different changes. So we'll kick things off with Bill Bender of Sporting News. He joined us on Friday, in case you missed that interview. Fox Sports' Tim Brando at 335. Ticket manager's Tony Knopf with just a lot to get to with him, Don Pack, on what he's heard throughout all this because he is a USC grad. He's in L.A., based there, so he kind of had the idea of what was happening behind the scenes there, especially, too, with UCLA. It's really, really interesting stuff. So we'll play that at 4.06, then at 4.35, wrap it up with Rich Scarcella's take on everything happening in college football. So that is coming up. So kick it off next with Sporting News' Bill Bender as we continue on a best of the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. It is the best of the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Macatrillo here with you. Steve is on vacation this week, enjoying a much deserved vacation. And today's theme, as we continue our best of shows all this week, is kind of recapping everything that's happening in college football and, in particular, the Big Ten with the additions of USC and UCLA. And we had Sporting News' Bill Bender join us on Friday's show 
with his take on everything happening right now in college football. And this was from Friday. Sporting News is Bill Bender joined Steve. Bill, great to have you back. Great to hear you on the other end. Welcome. Hey. Uh, obviously, I think everybody on the everybody was caught like what when this came down. So, what was your reaction? And then you had to carve out winners and losers out of this right away. Well, you, you know what? That the initial reactions I write those are, you know, those are for clicks' sake. Sure, know that yeah. you're trying to like make the. Then when you sit back and think about it for a week, then you start to see the whole board. And I'm still trying to see it. I wrote a piece this week about the the greed and the super conference era and everything that I think's coming, and it made a lot of people mad, Steve. But I'm going to contend this. I'm. I don't think I'm wrong. I think this is what's coming. I didn't say I liked it. I'm just telling you the mega conference, the money, the TV, you know, we could, you you were at the Penn State USC Rose Bowl, were you not? Did you ever think five years later USC would be in the Big Ten? I didn't. No, I didn't, and nor did I think that uh, I might be announcing a game in the Rose Bowl, but it was UCLA. I didn't think that. You know, I mean, it's, hey. Hey, you know, you just kind of look at it, and, and I mean, I never, you know, I mean, when I when I did that Rose Bowl game, I sat back and went, okay, you know, maybe you know, maybe get back here, maybe you can play them in a playoff game here or something like that. Didn't think they'd be in the same conference. No, and and the, I understand the Big Ten logic. You went cross country now. Now you have the LA market. If it is based on TV, that's eyeballs. You did get the Pac-12 biggest brand and their, and their sibling. I mean, UCLA is a good package for that. You got, I mean, as I put it, you got a football program that won 11 national titles and a basketball program that's won 11 national titles. So, and the thing that has kind of rubbed me the wrong way, Steve, is these people on Twitter that are like, well, I can't wait to, you know, Rutgers is going to travel here and Rutgers is going to travel. Who cares? <laughs> Rutgers is going to do that because they're getting a ton of money. Right. Exactly. And, and Rutgers is not fully vested. Rutgers has borrowed so much money or been advanced so much money in the Big Ten. They don't actually get a full check until uh, of the cut until 2027. I mean, that, right. and that's and, – and if you're Mike Bone, let's be honest about it. You're Mike Bone. Martin Jarman, you know, UCLA was in a world of hurt financially. But if you're Mike Bone, you're going to sit there and you're going to look over at your – at Lincoln Riley and say, Rutgers is getting two and a half times the TV money we are. And Riley's going to look at him and say, no. <laughs> really? Right, right. It, it is. It's, it's, it's all dictated by TV and this deal that everybody's talking about with the Big Ten and how much that's going to make. And, you know, I, I we all take that next step. I think we talked last summer after the SEC added Oklahoma and Texas, right. and you wonder what's next. Well, here was next, and it took a year. And that's why I think it's going to be a minute before we see what's next from this. I mean, I, everybody knows that Notre Dame's the domino we're all kind of looking at. What are they going to do? Do they stay in the ACC? Do they come the Big Ten? I don't think they go to the SEC, but in 2022, I'm not ruling anything out. Right. Um, <laughs> so that that will determine the number of super conferences that we end up having. I mean, Notre Dame goes to the beat of its own drum, right? I think that's fair to say. 
they've always yeah, but, they've always done it their own way. But now they may be. They, I mean, is it possible now? All of this forces the hand. I think so. I mean, how long can they stay independent? I mean, you, you guys are in Pennsylvania. I'm in Ohio. There are strong. I went to a Catholic school for 12 years. I know there's a ton of Notre Dame fans in both states. There's yep. a ton of Notre Dame fans in this entire region. Um, they can't. To me, the Big Ten remains their logical fit, not just because of that, uh, not because of the potential rivalries or reigniting rivalries with Big Ten people, but, you know, their biggest rival just joined the Big Ten. Notre Dame always likes to play that we go coast-to-coast right. uh, argument. Now you can in the Big Ten. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point because, obviously, the biggest rival is USC. Uh, and... Yeah, they can go coast to coast now. They're not scheduling Rutgers. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Rutgers is taking a beating on this show. Uh, when, they're the only, to me, they're the only chip left in the game that brings enough to the table that expands the finances for everybody, unless you have a different opinion. I think they are, but why I say they're the domino that's going to dictate some things is the other chip to me, the second best chip isn't Oregon, it's North Carolina. Everybody's talked about that, yeah. yeah, Like, I think their football program's competent, their basketball, you know, you can bring in their basketball, their academics is what the Big Ten AAU profile meets. Maybe you get Duke, maybe you get Virginia. I mean, uh, it's a, this is so far down the list of Mm. what they get out of that but as a guy whose son's starting to take up lacrosse you get the best lacrosse uh, conference in the country too if you bring up those ACC schools and combine it with the Big Ten so that I mean that's just part of the logical fit to me Um, and it has nothing to do with football but I think that North Carolina Duke Virginia wing of the ACC would be the next thing that the Big Ten would look at if they got Notre Dame how difficult would it be though to get out of the ACC's grant of rights? That's complicated. I see Andy Staples from the Athletic has a piece he was just tweeting about those contracts that I'm going to read as soon as I get off the phone here. So I mean, he probably has better answers to that than I do. But yeah, I mean, I it's just me being cynical. But I always with schools like that I, and TV deals and those kind of things, I always say they'll find the money to do it. They'll, they'll figure it out. If they really want to leave, they'll get out. Um, but that's the other reason why, as much as I think the SEC and the Big Ten, they could press it and go get more schools, they also could stay put. And yeah. Yeah. and we'd have three super conferences with the ACC, and I don't know what to do with the Pac-12, Big 12, Steve, because I think there's 21 schools left over in those two conferences. You could make 16 teams. But that's not going to be as powerful as the other three, right? And that, to me, I mean, the innocent bystanders in this, to me, and you when you look just at the pack, at the Pac-12, to me, are Washington State and Oregon State. I mean, not exactly like I mean, the phone doesn't ring in their direction. They have to make calls, right? Yeah, and that's this is the other part of it, and, and a lot of the pushback I was getting from my column was, well, college football is a regional sport, and this is going to kill all those regional rivalries. And my pushback to that, Steve, is I don't think college football has been a regional sport since the BCS started. 
I think the, or at least it hasn't wanted to be one. It's wanted to be a national brand. I mean, just from your state alone, I mean, is Pitt and Penn State an every year rivalry? No. Nope. Um, does the possibility exist that Pitt could come to the Big Ten in a super conference environment? Yeah. And uh, it'd be kind of cool. So I'm kind of taking that glass half full attitude of, do you think the super conferences create a better regular season? I think it's going to end up creating a better playoff, which they're no closer to coming up with instead of, I bet you if you ask me who I have in my playoff projections, I, I bet you can guess the three of the four. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not too hard. No. Um, and that's what I think. If you're giving me that option, the super conference option, over what I've la- watched the last eight years, I think I'm taking it. Yeah. Uh, because of the days the uh, days gone by, you know, and you and I would remember the Southwest Conference of all things, uh, the Southwest Conference, the Big Eight, the Pac Eight, which then became the Pac Ten, then became twelve, uh, the Big Ten, the SEC, and so forth, the ACC. Those days are gone now, Bill. I mean, it's it's that's just not the way it is now. You're it's more of an it has more of a an NFL feel to it. At least to For me sure. it does. Yeah, it's starting to feel like NFL light. And I so our mutual friend and our college basketball writer, Mike DeCourcy, yep. he uses this line a lot that conferences don't go out of business. And, and with very few exceptions, the Southwest Conference and for those of your listeners that remember the old Metro basketball conference. Yep. They're about the only two I can think of. Yep. So that's another reason why I think this might be slower than we believe it is, is the ACC is not just going to go out of business. The Pac-12 and the Big 12 are going to work together, I think, to try to survive. And um, it's going to be different, though. And I think the Big 10 and the SEC, if they're playing the rule of this AFC and NFC, I'm wondering how far they're going to press it. And here's the... Here's another interesting part, and I haven't really brought this up in a while, but I'll I'll bring it up now. What's interesting about a super conference is, is that say everybody plays on a given Saturday, so everybody plays. You know, you've got eight conference games in the SEC, and you've got eight conference games in the in the Big Ten, and some of them are going to have some power matchups. You're going to have eight winners, but you're also going to have eight losers. I mean that, and that's that's the part that I think like sometimes people don't grab. Like, look at all these great teams. She's, I can't believe that team ended up eight and four. Right, and like, but I think it softens that, right? Yeah. Like, so I had somebody pushing back on me that saying, "Well, this new twelve team playoff will have a uh, three loss and four loss teams in it," and I'm thinking, "Yeah, that's okay to me." Yeah. I mean, but I'm conditioned to somebody that watches the NFL too, and. I, the point I made is I just – and I'm a Mac graduate too, so it hurts to say this, but I don't need to see Ohio State play Akron. Right. Yep. Yeah. I don't I, – and I went to Ohio, as you know. I don't necessarily need to watch Penn State, Ohio, unless I think Ohio is going to win. Right. No, well, exactly. It's it, – you know, it even gets to the point where I watched Cincinnati play Indiana last year. You want to know why? Because Penn State, because why. Penn State was going to play Indiana, I really didn't. Care. <laughs> I, was like, right. I had no interest in watching Cincinnati, and they made the playoff, and I had no interest in right. watching them. I had no interest and in that, watching their championship game. But if you get Penn State playing USC and, and Oregon yep. as part of a crossover schedule, that's a ten-game conference schedule. 
with some forgiveness built in because you're playing a tougher schedule. Right. I, I'm all about it. I mean, I think the other thing with college football that we've been conditioned to think is one or two it, – well, it's proven true in the playoff era. If you lose twice, you don't make the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. And Penn State felt that in 16 the hard way. Yep. This makes that go away. And I think it could be a good thing. And look, in, in the NFL for you – now, look, it's it's obviously it's a different ball game. But nine and seven has won the Super Bowl. I mean, the Giants were nine and seven. They won the Super Bowl. They beat the Patriots. I mean, so you know, so it's not it's not going to be to that extent. But a four loss team with a great schedule could get in. They could win it. Yeah, and I mean, like you know, I'm a Packers fan. Their last Super Bowl they won was out of the out of the wild card. Yeah, they were the so, they were the sixth seed, right? Yep, and they went, and Aaron Rodgers got hot, and there it was. And I've watched him be the one seed and not not be able to break through. So I just look at the NFL playoff model and the NFL regular season model, and I go off our traffic at Sporting News and, you know, the stories that you read. There's, it's king. It's, it's absolute king. It's not close. There's not another sport that's close. That's right. And college football, if you adopted a similar model, and you had a playoff that could produce something that was akin to the divisional playoff weekend, that'd be outstanding. And I don't know if they can do it. They're not going to be able to do it without some sacrifices, and that's obvious. But um, I think it can be done. And, and as I wrote in my column, Steve, an interesting test case is this year because rivalry weekend is going up against the World Cup. Right. And I'm not a soccer, I'm not a soccer guy. But there will be some interest in soccer at that point. Yeah, there will be. There'll be a lot of interest in, in soccer because it, you know because it's in Qatar. They had to play it at a time of the year where it had to go up against the NFL and not in the summertime because they would feel like they were on a rotisserie <laughs> if they played right. in the summer in, in, in Qatar. Uh, so I'm with you. I think there's a there you get a better playoff. I'm with you all the way through on on I think you actually would be you get a true national champion right mm-hmm. and right. and the other point that you made in this which I think was really interesting was about a new generation of fans and I and I'm, I'm with you on that I think that happens I think look you and I have to adapt to what happens, I have no problem adapting. But I think for for young people out there, there's this brings a level of excitement to it. Oh, for sure. I mean, I have, I have an 11 year old boy, and I listen to his. I'll be honest, him and his group of friends aren't the college football junkies that I was. They'll watch NFL and they'll watch NBA, but they're not like diehard college football fans. They're not. And I, and I was explaining to somebody, I was like, okay. You want to go back to the 90s, huh? You you want a decade where there were three split national championships, and that's not counting the year that Nebraska and Penn State were one and two, right. which could have been easily a fourth split. Right. You want to go back to the BCS era where a computer determined it, and I remember that. People yeah. were dust in the BCS every year. And now you want to stay with a model where, like I said, there's seven schools that have been in the that've taken twenty five and thirty two playoff spots. Yeah. I, if you guys want to stay with that, that's cool. But that, that I think my story and the the negative reactions it drew, I think people just read the headline and didn't. You you actually read what I wrote, and you can see where I'm going with it. And that's what I think the people that want to try to see the whole picture, for better or worse, I'm just saying that's what I think is going to happen. 
Well, what's happened, too, is um, since 2016, there hasn't been a team west of Norman, Oklahoma, that's been in it. Right. right? At, since right. 2016. Now, now there's some West Coast excitement just by UCLA and USC just doing the Big Ten thing. Now we'll see how it plays out. And now you got to figure out what happens with Oregon and Washington. But it does give a coast-to-coast feel instead of, okay, the wagon train stopped in Norman. Right. Well, and people like say, well, college football is a regional sport. Yeah, right now it's a regional sport dominated by one region. Yes. The SEC. And yep. that, if that's, we've been watching that for 20 years. Yeah. I mean, at least 10. I know Tennessee won the first one, but pretty much since the first BCS champion, if you want that to continue, go right ahead. I think the super conference thing, and the other part of the Big Ten that, that's really interesting to me, and I spelled this out the week before, was if you look at the top 12 all-time winning this program, top yeah. 12. Yep. SEC has six, right, Steve? They have right. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, Oklahoma, and Texas. Yep. Big Ten has Penn State, High State, Michigan, Nebraska, and USC. Notre Dame's the twelfth one. That's that's my other sell to Notre Dame, and, and from a brand standpoint, Notre Dame, Penn State, Nebraska, USC, Michigan, Ohio State, brand power wise, that's every bit as powerful as the SEC, no doubt about it. Right, exactly, and that to me is what this expansion was about. It's it's not only the market of Los Angeles, but it's the brand. You had to have, in other words, you can't sit there and I've used this example. We have LaSalle. We have the Philadelphia market. No, you don't. <laughs> okay. Right. right. Guess what? You got USC, and then in conjunction UCLA, you now do have the Southern California market. And because the, and, the, because the brands are powerful enough. And you have the Pac-12 market, with the exception of Oregon. Right. Like that's, those yeah. are the schools. When you and I talk about preseason prognostications and all that stuff, you how many times do we use the phrase, well, when USC is good, it's good for college football? Yeah, and it's true, and I think Link, them having Lincoln Riley and this army of transfers that they have, yes, it's good for college football, no doubt. You're good for this show. <laughs> it, is my, it is my fault for not getting you on more often because every time we do this, we just talk and I love it, and we have a blast doing it. So let's not be strangers on this. How about that? Well, yeah, and I'll see. You. I'm getting. I'm going on vacation next week, and I'm going to be ready, all ready for Big Ten Media Days. Hopefully, when I'm on vacation, Steve, they don't add six more teams. We'll see. <laughs> you and I have coinciding vacations. I'm on vacation next week too. And if they, if they, well. if they add it, yeah, I'll answer my phone. <laughs> Bill, have That's a about right. have a great time on vacation. Relax. Put your feet up. Okay, you earned it. I will. Thanks so much, Steve. And that's Sporting News' Bill Bender joining Steve from Friday's show. You can hear that again on our podcast page and also on our social media pages. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. And Steve, always in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Tim Brando joins us in the next half hour from Fox Sports as we continue with Best of the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Back here with you on a best of the Steve Jones Show. Max Trillo here with you. Steve, always in the Sunbury Motor Studio, but on vacation this week. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, lots of pre-owned inventory, a great service department and sales staff. And it's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. And every Monday show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com, the true pros, pros, in insurance matters. Continuing our theme today, recapping everything that's happening in the Big Ten and college football with all these seismic changes, USC and UCLA heading to the Big Ten. What else is going to happen? We'll certainly find out in the coming weeks, but we had Fox Sports' Tim Brando join us earlier last week, and anytime he joins us, he always has a lot to say on what's happening in college sports, but especially this subject in college football, and he joined us a couple weeks ago when the news first broke. I'll tell you right now, I see the videos of that left-handed swing, being a lefty myself. It's smooth. Tim, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Okay, I can hear you now. I could barely hear you a moment ago. Did you say something le- about my left-handed swing? Yeah, it looks smooth on tape. And I, as a fellow lefty, I'm loving it. It looks great. Well, you know, I actually get – I didn't know this, but I, I now do. It's like uh, – I, I I get requests for them now. <laughs> so much to the chagrin of some people who probably get really tired of seeing my golf videos, I, I actually do them. I try to be instructional now for, for all the uh, double-digit handicappers out there. You know, so <laughs> I am a very proud nine handicap. So Ooh. my uh, running joke is uh, get Timmy B's tips from the tee because unlike David Ledbetter, he's been where you've been. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'll see something on TV once in a while. They're in some jungle somewhere, and I'll say, you know yeah. what? I know how he feels. <laughs> so, Tim, perfect guy to talk to. Always the best in perspective. Uh, obviously, yesterday was dynamic and seismic. Uh, how did you view? the move of USC-UCLA now being a part of the Big Ten world starting in two years? Well, let me begin. Have you seen my most recent tweet? I know you're on the air, so you probably have. Um, uh, have not seen your most recent tweet, okay. no. All right. Well, when you get off uh, the air with me here, even in a commercial break, it only lasts two minutes, uh, you, you can get uh, a pretty good idea of how I feel about what trans- is transpiring. Everybody... Uh, of course, you know, on social media, people just want to bitch and be upset and mad <laughs> and angry. So yeah. the doomsayers are like, oh, I'm not going to be watching. You know, they were ruining college football. It's not what it was. You know, especially those that are my age and older, you know, the baby boomers. And I'm like, yeah, right. Sounds good right now. Yeah. But when toe meets leather, I guarantee you, you're going to be watching. And now, you know, the outlook is going to be even greater for better games, uh, and more games in the postseason uh, with um, magnificent rivalries only enhanced within the top conferences with the Blue Blood programs. Uh, I think what USC and UCLA did uh, was, yes, seismic, but not unexpected. I mean, I'm not Mm -hmm. shocked, and I don't think anybody uh, 
that follows college football on a regular basis or is as passionate about it as I've always been is surprised at all. We, we saw this coming. A year ago at this time, uh, we were all commenting on how the Big 12 was done after Texas and Oklahoma left. And not only are they not done, I think they're only going to continue to grow and improve and probably entrench themselves as the third top conference in terms of television revenue. Granted, it won't be like the Big Two. The Big Two are without question uh, the Big Ten and the SEC, and they're not done yet, not by a long shot. And I would expect that you're over the next two to four weeks, you're going to see even more mega announcements that will set people on their collective ears going, oh, my God, we never thought that this would happen. Uh, and And so I think that for both Southern Cal and for UCLA, they just made themselves even more relevant and they certainly um, stabilized uh, their long-term futures economically. And that's the big thing now. And that's what all the other teams that are not with the Big Ten or the SEC are looking to do. Uh, phone lines are being burned up right now in Clemson, South Carolina, and in South Bend, Indiana. And those are the next two most valuable teams to go and get if you're the Big Ten. Uh, and there are options out there, maybe even leverage, uh, if you will, for those two schools uh, with the SEC as well as the Big Ten, which means that the need is such that there probably will be uh, some negotiating that goes on uh, on both ends to see where either one of them lands. Uh, but I suspect, uh, based on the people I have spoken to, that it is a done deal that Notre Dame is going to be headed to a conference. And I know there are a lot of Irish blue bloods out there that can't believe it, but it's going to happen. And the reason is economics, pure economics. Uh, you can have your cake and eat it too if you're Notre Dame. Uh, the, I mean, they, their television deal with NBC is good, but it's not great. And after it runs out uh, in 24, there's a very good chance, who knows? that they could uh, still have their home games on uh, NBC and potentially uh, stay in the Big Ten and all their away games would be on Fox. I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities, Steve. Nothing mm-hmm. nothing is off the table. Right. <laughs> everything exactly. is on the table. It, it uh, is on the table. because I mean, if, if, Everything is on the table. But, but uh, those are the two programs you start with. Now, the ones yeah. that make the most sense that are left over in the Pac-12 – that would be seeking an address change, and likely the Big Ten would be the landing spot, or Oregon and Washington in that order. Right. Um, yeah. That that's that's those are the two that make the most sense in what's left of the Pac-12. So George Klyavkov is, I'm sure, working his phone. It's probably connected to his earlobe right now and hasn't been <laughs> off of it all day. And but the next uh, uh, the next conference that's really in peril is uh, the ACC. They have the worst TV deal. Yes, they have a grant of rights, but schools can pay off those grants of rights knowing that they're going to get a healthy check whether they're going to the SEC or the Big Ten. And if they want to take them to court over the grant of rights, who's to say that they can actually enforce that? Um, The deal that they currently have lasts until 2036, and each school in the ACC is netting a little bit over $12 million annually. Compare that to the other leagues, including the Big 12, okay? Mm-hmm. They're not even in the same stratosphere. So uh, imagine being as proud a program as Clemson is 
and looking around and going, uh, okay, we got a problem here, okay? Yeah. And um, the situation for them in the SEC uh, could be political because those folks in Columbia, South Carolina, might not want them in the league, okay? Right. So <laughs> the Big Ten may make a hell of a lot more sense, not only financially, but politically for them. I mean, it's going to be an incredible next, oh, gosh, two to four weeks. and then I, 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 But I will tell you, I think a lot of this is going to clear itself up by the time we get the season started. So between now and toe-meeting leather, we may have a much better understanding of who's landing where. That means things are moving fast. This is going to make the Texas OU decision uh, uh, you know, <laughs> look like romper room. Okay, we, yeah. we've got an avalanche on our hands, and I don't think it ends uh, here at all. Well, I, in fact, to amplify what Tim's talking about, UCLA, by the way, they, you know, they lost the Under Armour deal and so forth. They need money, so they've been hemorrhaging cash. If you're Mike Bone at USC, two months ago you're sitting there, and if Tim and I were sitting with him, he'd be saying, you're telling me in the new TV deal Rutgers is going to get two and a half times what USC's getting? We, yeah, we, right. we, need, we need to do something about that. And guess what? He did. Yes, absolutely. And the same question is being asked at Clemson. And yep. they're saying Vanderbilt gets how much? And we get how much? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait. I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you're doing your job as an athletic director, you've got to be thinking about your institution and its long-term financial viability. Uh, that's the job that they, they took, and, and that's what they're doing. And trust me when I tell you, I mentioned Clemson. Miami has Clemson's former athletic director, Dan Radakovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Hess, who, who took over for Radakovich, was his right-hand man. I guarantee you Miami's not going to stand pat. Uh, and they're, they're going to land somewhere. And, and so is uh, North Carolina in all likelihood. You know, that's a team that, trust me when I tell you, is a proud program with a huge alumni base with uh, a lot of revenue. And even with the Duke rivalry and the original charter members of the ACC, and listen, I've got a long-standing ACC relationship, as you know. I did their yes. uh, yep. college basketball dating all the way back to 1983 before I went to ESPN. And I, yep. I did, uh, until Raycom Sports went away, I was doing the Duke-Carolina game annually, uh, for them until 2019, uh, when Raycom went away and they created, <laughs> they created this thing called uh, the ACC Network. And you know, the, you talk about bad moves. Okay, this is where presidents need to stay the hell out of athletics. Sometimes, let me just tell you this quick story. When the SEC got its own network, apparently some of these presidents were really upset that they had a network and and the ACC didn't. You know, sort of that border rivalry between college presidents. Mm -hmm. They forced outgoing Commissioner John Swafford to get them a cable network. So when his TV rights deal came up, that became a real sticking point. Well, ESPN didn't want to do it because cable cord cutting was going on, Steve, as you know. Yeah. But they were relentless. These these presidents are like telling Swafford, "You got to do it. You got to do it." And this is going to be his legacy as he's leaving. Well, they, he left Jim Phillips, the former Northwestern uh, athletic director, the new commissioner of the ACC. He left Jim a terrible TV deal. Yeah, uh, that's that's worth very little money 
all because the presidents of the institutions and the ACC, by God, we've got to have a cable network because the SEC does. Now think about that, okay? That, this is why you hire people that are in the sports business to handle your sports business when you're the president of the university. Exactly, because why does why does Thompson Bowling Arena have one thousand more seats than Kentucky? Because we have to have a thousand more seats in Kentucky. I mean, those are the exactly. kind of decisions that are made where you sit back and go, "What?" Uh, yeah, you made a great point uh, on one of your videos about Brett Yormack. You know, everybody talks about out of the box hires. Yeah. No, no, no. You need business hires. The Big yes. Twelve was given up for lost a year ago at this time. Yeah. What right. kind of position is he in? As are they in now? Especially with a guy with his kind of business sense from Rock Nation. Well, well, in in many ways, because Bob Bowlesby did a hell of a job. You know, he people did. can be critical of Bob all they want, and you know, I he, agree with you, Tim. He he lost a lot of friends when he took on the big Kahuna that is ESPN and sent them a cease and desist letter about tampering with uh, what was left of the Big 12. You know, there was this word out that maybe uh, uh, ESPN was trying to coerce some schools to join the American Conference. Uh, And, you know, I'm not going to get into the debate whether there was truth to that or not, but, you know, Bob Bob got a lot of flack for for that, but he went public with it. You know, he sent it out. Media people got a hold of it. And um, the truth is, though, when you lose Oklahoma and Texas, two of the heaviest brands that there are in, in college football, big-time blue bloods with history and tradition, you got to do a lot of groundwork to make sure that your league remains intact. Well, he had two things working. Uh, a really good grant of rights situation that put Oklahoma and Texas in a position where they were going to have to stay mm-hmm. probably until the final year of the TV contract. Because if they tried to get out with uh, three years left, as they did, eighty million is a lot, even for Texas yeah. and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So he had that on his side, and it gave him an opportunity to look at the uh, the landscape out there and say, "Okay, who can I get?" Well, you know what? That American Conference has done a hell of a job. I'm going to go get Cincinnati. I'm going to get UCF. That's the Orlando market. I'm going to get uh, Houston, which is uh, you know got a great medical school and a great enrollment. And, okay, they're not Texas, but you know what? They're Houston. We hold on to the state of Texas. And then you add to that BYU, which, even though people maybe in Illinois don't understand this, has a not just national brand, but an international brand. BYU games are a big deal and have been for quite some time. Uh, To get BYU to come in, from a TV standpoint, gave them – along with those other schools in major metropolitan areas that have had recent success, UCF and, uh, and Cincinnati notably, he kept his league in a pretty good position with the understanding that Oklahoma State and TCU now move to the upper tier along with Baylor. Baylor is in great shape with Dave Aranda. And now with what's happened, Steve, he can go into Utah, Colorado, maybe clip those Arizona schools, Arizona and Arizona State, right out from underneath Kleabkoff in the Pac-12. I mean, right out from underneath. And, you know, he's worked at NASCAR. He's worked in the NBA. He worked in the entertainment business with Jay-Z before taking this job. He's dealt with uh, media moguls, both digital and over-the-air network television. 
So that's who you need now. You know, coming up through the ranks as an athletic director, becoming a deputy commissioner, or maybe working in the enforcement and infractions area at the NCAA, like guys like Jim Phillips and especially Greg Sankey came up through that. That's really not any longer the conventional way of, of, of looking for guys to be commissioners because you've got to be dealing with TV rights about every five or six years. All these deals have to be short-term rather than long-term because the economics are constantly changing. So, you know, Pac-12 hired Klyavkov from MGM, so the gaming community is where he came from. And look, I like George, but he's got a lot of work to do now, okay, to hold on to whatever's left of his conference. But uh, I'd say Yomar comes in with a pretty good situation in large measure because Bob Bowlesby, you know, didn't stop working even though he was upset with the way things had gone. You know, I mean, that, he, he's an unsung hero, I, I, I think, here. Because the Big 12, uh, it's not going to be in the same financial position that either the SEC or the Big 10 are in, but they are clearly going to be the head of the class of what's left of the Power Five. Excellent point. Love talking to you. Great perspective as always. Better talking to you in person. All these contra- <laughs> all these all these contracts mean to me is I get to see you more. I like that. Well, that, Tim, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. At my age, at this, you know, I'm more grateful to be doing what I'm doing than ever, Steve. Uh, and I I've, yeah. I've still got a lot of tread left on my tires. And I, for yes, one, am happy do. to be alive when we're finally seeing so much of what I have been saying for 20 years needed to happen is finally happening. True. In the end, I know some local fans are, you know, hey, we're losing our territorial, our, our regional rival. I'm not, you know, they're, they're going to have to, you know, they're paying players. Listen, all this TV money is going to allow for revenue share opportunities once we can get Congress in a position to help uh, those in charge of college football. And I think once yep. the midterm elections are done, Steve, that's what's going to happen. If one party takes control of the House and Senate, then I think they can get some help in terms of regulating name, uh, name image, and likeness with the transfer portal so that uh, everyone gets its fair share and the states don't have competitive advantages over other states. So I, I think college football in the next 10 years is going to see its greatest period of growth. I do. And I agree with you. Uh, absolutely. And uh, you have been talking about this for 20 years. Tim, thank you so much. Appreciate you as always, my friend. You take care, buddy. All the best. And that is Fox Sports' Tim Brando when he joined us on the week that the USC-UCLA to the Big Ten news broke. So we thank Tim for his time as always. Coming up in the next hour, Tony Knopf, ticket manager, joins us to recap everything in the business side of what's happening in college football and there is certainly a lot to unpack with him and all the background info that he's going to bring to the table and the Reading Eagles Rich Scarcella will join us in the final half hour as we recap his take on everything happening in the Big Ten. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com and Steve except for this week always in the Sunbury Motors studio Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humboldt Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. It is a best of the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. 
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. 